Love you, boy. All right, sit down. Enough of that. That's great. Not enough of that. All right, can't get enough. Uh, he said my name a lot, which I'm uncomfortable with. But I hope what you heard from that is something a little, little deeper. I hope what you heard is um, the heart of a, of a young man who's been transformed by a relationship, by community. Um, we want to we talk about that word today, um, community, the transforming nature of community. Uh, you know, our Wesley students hear this an awful lot. Um, my good friend, C.J. Harp, has a, it's not his quote. He would tell you it's not his, but I'm going to give him credit for it because he's the first person I ever heard it from. And I love this. this. This sums it up so well. It says, transformation best happens in the context of community. Transformation best happens in the context of community. I darn near say it's the only way that transformation happens. Transformation just about only happens in the context of community. You know why? Because God made you that way. God created us for each other. God created us for the the church. We live for the capital C church who Jesus died for, gave it all for who he represents, who we represent in this world. And I hope what you heard from these two young people is something far greater than just patting this church on the back or this student ministry or me or anyone else. We don't, we can't, we don't, we're not allowing ourselves to take any kind of credit this morning for anything that God deserves credit for. And and the fact of the matter is we serve a great God who loves us so much. He pours out his love on us continuously. We're going to sing about that in a minute. We've already sung about it. And and, and our hearts are bent towards the Lord Jesus. And this morning, community, we want you to know that community is a vital thing for you and your family. Look, if you're not a student or or a parent of a student or a grandparent of a student, or an aunt, or an uncle, if you're not connected to the student ministry in any way, if you don't think you are, you still are. You are a part of our student ministry. You are a part of the church as a, as a whole. And look, our, this youth group from 6th to 12th grade is, 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 a, is a tiny picture, a rather large picture now, of the larger church. Amen? And not just because it's my department, but let me just say, we can learn a few things from our students. Adults, you and I can learn a few things from our students. You and I can learn a couple of things about following Jesus from our kids. We can. We can. There are some, there are some things that they don't possess that we have to come alongside them and help them with. But there are certainly some things that you and I do not and cannot possess in our age bracket that they possess that got the special gift that God has given them that we can learn from and and gain ourselves look the one thing that I have gained we're going to I want to talk about this word in a minute the one thing I have gained by being around hanging around teenagers a long time is passion and energy we don't sleep very much we don't need to 
We don't need to. Our passion and our energy for them, and most importantly for Christ, transcends any kind of sleep deprivation, any kind of frustration, any kind of, well, we just don't see the, the much, you know, of the fruit of what we're doing right this moment. But, hey, I will take your testimony and your testimony, and I'll hang on to them, and I'll say this is proof that God is working in your life, in your life, in your life, in your life. And, and folks who aren't connected whatsoever to what our students are about. We want, to, we want to send a clear picture this morning of who God is in the lives of our students. Not just the student ministry specifically at this church, on this corner, in this town. It's way bigger than that. And it's way more important than that, right? What our students have found out is that God loves them, them. And, and, and when that kind of descends on them and when they understand that, that great love poured out on them, they love back and they love back passionately and with energy and in a way that us older folks could never do. So this is what I gain from being around them you know, this, this sense of community is not a new concept. You know, it's, a, it's, it's kind of faddish to talk about community in our churches. It's kind of a, a, a catch word. It's kind of a, a, a touchstone like for, our, like for all, of, all of our sermons and all of our Bible studies and all our small groups. But this goes all the way back to the church in its infancy in the book of Acts. So if you have a Bible, I want you to turn with me just for the next few moments and I want to read a really incredible passage of Scripture that describes community at its best. Christ-centered, Christ-focused community at its best. The early church in Acts chapter 2 was extremely small. In fact, they thought that they were on the brink of extinction. They thought that they were leaderless, that Jesus had gone, and they just received the greatest gift they could ever receive, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so now they're trying to figure out what's next. They're trying to figure out how to keep this movement, this, the greatest movement, of man of, of in the history of mankind alive they're trying to figure out a way to not die and they're holding on for dear life you know what they do they cling to the only thing that they have physically in front of them which is each other they cling to each other for dear life this is the this is the concept and the the template for community in acts chapter 2 starting in verse 42 this is what it says It says, all believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals. Have you ever done that? We share in meals in here a lot. We be eating a lot. Hallelujah. And including the Lord's Supper and prayer. Verse 43, and a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. 
They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It didn't say, it doesn't say, and each day the Lord brought new people to hang out because it was fun and it was awesome. And, you know, sometimes our, our, what our children are trying to say gets lost in the, in, the, in the wording. Sometimes when they say, wow, it was fun, maybe they mean, wow, my life is being transformed. Little by little, I'm getting to know Jesus and I'm getting to know others and we're growing together. We're praying for one another. Sounds a lot like the big church, amen? Sounds like a lot like what the big church, capital C, ought to be. This community in front of you, adults, is a special community. And the reason it's special is because they have cast off the limitations and the trappings of church. Yeah. You hear me? They have cast off the limitations and the trappings of just doing church. They don't want church. They don't want religiousness. They want truth. They want truth. They want authentic, real faith. They want something they can cling to in the hardest times of their life. They want the truth. Christ-centered community is founded on the truth of the gospel of Christ. Nothing else matters. We say this all the time to them. Jesus is the only thing that matters in your life, in your parents' life, in your friends' life. It's the only thing that can and should matter at all. The one interesting part about Acts chapter 2 is when it gets to the part about them sharing each other's possessions and stuff. Everything they had was someone else's too. No, that, it's not just mine, it's yours too. My food is your food. My money is your money. Like, we don't think that way because we've, quite honestly, we've compartmentalized church into a Sunday morning one-hour deal. We go home and we're disconnected from the body of Christ the rest of the time. It doesn't work that way. Transformation best happens in the context of community. We want to be a relational church, a relational people, and we certainly want to be transformational people. Transformation only happens through deep, deep, meaningful relationships with others. Deep relationships. You hear this word a lot. You heard it from both these, these kids that, that shared this morning. The word is family. Look, they all have families, but this is a special kind of family. And sometimes this family is there for them in a way that no other family can be. And that's not, look, as a parent, I say to myself, how is that possible? But there's a closeness, and the closest doesn't come from things in common. 
we've got kids from three different schools, four different schools, all ages, all backgrounds, with different interests, different things that they're going for in life, and, and, and different sports and different activities that they enjoy. You would not believe. Listen, when you get 90 or 100 or 120 kids from 150 kids from 6th grade to 12th grade in, in one building on a Sunday night, I'm telling you, there are going to be a whole bunch of different kids in the same space, occupying the same space. It's a lot like the church. And what we do is, I'm guilty of this, I will take my row, my family, and I'll, I'll, I'll just close it off from the rest and I say look you know we're here to worship together and this is this is us and we're good but in my mind the church ought to be extended past the row past the few seats where your family sits past that section of the church past the building and into the streets and into this town and this county and this community and this world that we love that desperately needs to hear about Jesus. That is Christ-centered community. There's something special about the word family because it just breaks down all the barriers on the walls and all of a sudden people start loosening up and saying, okay, stuff's happening now. I'm in your life and you're in mine and it is super, super messy, super messy. And it's, and it's painful, but it's so, so worth it. Because when something happens like our precious Sydney Walker, who's no longer with us, when she's, she's no longer here with us, when something happens like that, parents, your kids have major questions, and they have major needs in that moment. We have them too. We need each other. We need each other. Not just in, in, in something like that. We need each other in our victories as well. We need each other in our successes. We need each other. I don't know about you, but I want to be the most relational person I can possibly be because that is who God is at his very nature. God is a relational God. God came to us. We don't go to God. God comes to us. Even before we knew God existed, God has been chasing me down. And he loves on me with a love I can't understand and explain to anyone, but I know I am loved with the precious love of God for me. And look, love breaks down those barriers. Look, when the love of Christ is present, all the differences that you see in front of you in, in, these, in these students that look the same right now because they have green shirts on, but they don't dress alike. They don't, come, they don't come to start dressed in the sun. They're very different people. And some of them get on some of them's nerves. They get on each other's nerves. Like family, hey, if you are part of a family, don't get on each other's nerves. I want to meet you. And, and I want to say congratulations. You're the only one on earth. But the nature of family is this. It's not just the love that they have for each other. It's not the care and concern that they show for one another. That love has an origin. It's not just in, uh, in the goodness of their heart to do that. It's not in their nature. It's not in my nature to do that. It's not in your nature to love freely, to give freely, to share each other's possessions, to say, whatever you need, I got you. It's not in our nature to do that. It comes from one place, the incredible 
love of God. Let me tell you something about students that I've learned. Students possess something that we don't as adults, guys, and it's passion. Passion is transformative. Trans, uh, passion is addictive. Passion spreads to other people in other places. Passion transcends all the differences that we may think we have. And I'll tell you one thing, when people of this age bracket decide that they're going to be passionate about something, they go and they change everyone and everything around them. We have seen whole grade levels impacted like you would not believe by a few students who had a passion for Christ and for each other. Look, it can change an entire town. It can change an entire town. This, this group in Acts chapter 2, there was just a few of them. The church was in its infant stages and they didn't really know if that, that you know, the Jesus thing was going to survive. And just a few of them at the time. And it's, there are millions all over the place now, all over the, all over the globe. Millions. Millions. That community has grown and grown and grown. Our church's vision, by the way, if you've never heard this before, I want to share it with you because it directly correlates to what we feel like we are as a, as a, as a group of students and leaders. It's build disciples, impact our world, and grow in love. And every single one of those Every single one of those, the idea of Christ-centered community is wrapped up in all of those. Because we, we just don't want to build a youth group. There is zero value in building a youth group. Building a network of students and their parents. Zero. We're building something greater than that. We're not building it. It's built on Christ. And what it, what's being built here is a legacy and a foundation of community that will pour down every hallway of this church into every classroom, down into the basement, into the sanctuary, into the porch, down into, every, down into the nursery, up into the rafters and the attic and the, and the nooks and crannies of the church. Christ-centered community is a contagious thing. And you and I, as adults, we don't want to... We want to fan that flame. We don't want to put it out. We want to do everything in our power to let that fire spread. And you as a church have done that. You've done that. You have allowed some incredible things to happen. You know, I, I told someone, I, t I say this all the time, but you know, student ministry, transformative, relational student ministry doesn't happen everywhere in every church. And it's not, has nothing to do with the, the leadership per se necessarily or the direct leadership or the student pastor or the volunteers necessarily. We, we're, I'm, I'm, we're thankful to have pastoral leadership that, number one, they, they are former student pastors themselves. And so they, they know you. They, they, they love you. They believe in you. And they've set the table. Our leadership, our pastoral leadership, also has a big uh, part to play in this. They allow us to do all the crazy things we do. 
and to be relational people. It's not easy when it, when you, when it comes to uh, getting involved in people's lives. We don't do that naturally as people, but it's so worth it. Mark twelve twenty eight says, uh, uh, this is a story um, about uh, Jesus was actually uh, talking to some religious leaders and they were trying to trip him up and, and get him to say something that was against uh, their rules. And uh, so they asked him, which is the most important of all the commandments? And Jesus says, the first in importance is, listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. So love the Lord God with all your passion, prayer, intelligence, and energy. And here's the second, love others as well as you love yourself. There is no other commandment that ranks with these. You know, our kids have the passion thing down and the energy thing down. Intelligence. Sometimes I wonder. I go, God bless you. But they're going to get there. You and I, that's where you and I come in. The wisdom of the church to wrap your arms around these students and, and carry them at points and, and love on them and, and help them along in their faith is vital. We need you. They need you. Parents, non-parents, average church attender, average churchgoer, they need you. They need you. But you need them as well. The passion and the energy that they possess is going to rub off on you. You're going to gain it. You're going to gain it. And we will see this church become more relational and transformational than we ever have, have, could, could ever have known. I believe this is a, a, a body of believers who wants to see people come to know Jesus. These, these students certainly want their friends to know. But I believe, as Bob would say, the best is yet to come. God is just getting started in the lives of these students. Adults, why don't we jump on board and help them along, pray for them, speak life into them, mentor them. Be who God meant you to be in their lives. And students, lead the way with your passion and energy. Do your thing. Don't let anybody hold you back from living for Jesus. Don't let your friends do it. Don't let culture do it. By the way, lounge prom was last night. I got a whole bunch of lounge students here. Amen. Usually that's like ghost town, like day, Sunday. I know. It was like, ooh. Like tumbleweed. But you're here. You love each other. Most importantly, you love Jesus. I want to be a transformational, relational individual. I want to be a part of your life. And, you want to, and we need to be a part of each other's lives. I want to have deep, meaningful relationships that transcend high school and transcend college. I want family beyond my own family. Not just because it feels good to have a group to, to be a part of, because it's centered on the person of Jesus Christ and the transforming work of him on the cross. That's what I want. And I want to see these students come to love and know Jesus, like some of you adults do. Parents, by the way, I'm not their primary youth pastor. 
You are. You are. You are the primary spiritual influence in their life. Don't send them to me and let me and make me try to fix them. That ain't the way it works. You live out Christ in your own life, in your own home. You be the example of a praying, passionate, energetic parent who loves Jesus. If you're not there, it's okay. Neither am I. I'm a parent. I'm working on it. But that's why we need each other. The value of community is you need me and I need you where, to get to where we want to go. To, do, to see God do the transforming work that he wants to do. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for the gospel, the simple gospel of the great love that you have for us. God, we thank you that there's something that about that that we can earn. There's something about it that, um, that you give in a way that's, Father, so personal and so meaningful to us, God. Father, I pray that this morning that as we, as we, as we worship together, as we go to communion, God, as we, as we receive Holy Communion together, God, that this will be something that a special time of worship, God, that a, a sense of community will just be deepened and heightened for us, God, that the sense of family and we're bound together by Christ, God, will be what we experience today. God, something life-changing. And as we, as we transition to communion, God, I, I, I just give you all the praise. More, I can't give you what you deserve, but I'm going to try. God, I thank you for what you've done, what you did on the cross for us. You, you gave um, your body, your, your, your entire self on our behalf. It's in your name we pray. Amen. The most